Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Today we're finishing our fresh series. I hope you've been enjoying that. And we've just been looking at some real practical thoughts. It's been, pretty, it's been a pretty practical series. And uh, sometimes we need to have some practical things that we're talking about. And just thinking about how we maybe need to change the way our new year, do it in a different way, start fresh with how we're doing that. And as I look at my 2021, you know, I'm believing for all kinds of things this year. I'm believing for to be healthy. I'm believing for to be great. I'm believing, thinking about how probably every one of us, if I was to ask you, would kind of, every one of us would be thinking or hoping for things that would fall into those categories for their lives this year. Like if I was to ask you, you'd probably agree. Like none of us are going to have negative goals this year. Like none of us, if I came to you and I said, hey, what are your goals for 2021? None of you are going to say, I'm just believing for God that I'm going to lose my job. Like no one's saying that. None of us are going around saying, man, this is the year I'm going to become addicted to that substance. This is the year where I lose a relationship or... I can't wait, you know, the sheriff's going to come on Monday, he's going to take all my furniture, he's going to take my fridge, come on God, I'm, I'm praying for that to happen, you know, none of us are doing that, and if you are, I'm going to pray for you in the anointing service, let me know that you have those kind of thoughts, we're going to pray some God uplifting thoughts in your life. I made the following statement in week one of our series, I said this, we wrongly conclude that small decisions don't matter that much. Last week, I talked about how, in fact, one small new habit a year can make a big difference in the long run of our life. I also said this in week, week one, we wrongly conclude that small bad decisions don't matter that much. We think that, look, you know, just a small bad decision here, it doesn't matter. But the thing is that no one ever ends up being fired from a job, getting addicted to a substance, you know, losing a relationship, having the sheriff come and visit their home, a nice little knock on the door. None of those things happen because of one big, huge decision they made. It occurs because of small decisions, bad decisions, and accumulation over time. And so today, we've looked at good decisions. Today, we're going to unpack bad decisions and look at something that maybe we need to not start, but instead stop. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you that you're here today. You're here in this place, and we're here in your presence. Pray, God, you would anoint my words as I share. To visit people that your Holy Spirit would speak into their lives, God. Maybe challenge them, convict them today about areas of their life. We thank you for that, Jesus, in your mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Turn with me to Judges 16.1. We're going to kick off by starting to look at a man in the Bible. His name was Samson. Say that with me, Samson. Any guys here? Flex the muscles, Samson. Uh, Samson was a man, if you don't know, he was a man called by God to be a judge. Judges were men and women who were anointed by God to lead Israel before the kings came. And he was called by God. And his special talent, his special gift was the gift of strength. He was incredibly strong. He was to use that gift to uh, help Israel. And yet we see that he squandered it. And you might be asking, why are we looking at Samson today? The reason we're looking at Samson today is because if there's anyone in the Bible who made just all these little small bad decisions that accumulated uh, over time and, and, and whose life fell apart, it, and I just want to make a little a side note here. 
Samson was anointed by God. He was called by God. But just because you're anointed or called by God doesn't mean you're infallible. So I want to say to you today, lean into God, not into your giftings. You may be gifted by God, but I want to encourage you, lean into God, not your giftings. Samson, he leaned into his gifting of his strength. He used it to do mighty feats, but unfortunately, he didn't lean into God as much as he should have. Read this, uh, Judges 16.1. Samson went to Gaza, and there he saw a prostitute, and he went in to her. I'm no expert on um, um, biblical geography, but I, I, was, I was just reading some notes on this, and apparently Gaza is about, um, it is, let me just double check this, it's 40 kilometers from Samson's hometown of Zora. So it's 40 kilometers. Now Samson, he had had uh, many run-in with the Philistines before, and Gaza was the headquarters of the Philistines. If you read the Old Testament, it talks about that was where, that was their headquarters, that was their stronghold. And Samson has had many run-ins with them before. In fact, if you read the chapters before, Chapter 16, he has all these battles and fights. And in every single one of these occasions where he's come against the Philistines, he, he's absolutely destroyed them. Like he's, he's really owned them. He's, he sent them packing, donkeys, jawbones, uh, you know, gates, all kinds of things. He's just, he's just you know, opening a, a can and he's just going to town. And so the Philistines hate Samson. He's their enemy. And Samson hates them. And, but for some reason, we see that Samson decides to walk, or maybe he caught a donkey, rode a donkey, I'm not sure. But he decides to go to Gaza for some reason and to risk life and limb and to go visit a prostitute. And, and you think to yourself, man, who does that? Like, who, who does that? Walk to an area where they know is a place they shouldn't be. It's an um, enemy stronghold. And then go make a bad decision and do something along those lines. And my answer to you and uh, let me explain. You know, we were looking around like, well, I don't think any of us have been in, to a red light district recently. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily talking about that. But, but if we take the view that he walked to Gaza, that's 56,250 steps that he had to take. 56,000. Who, who did 56,000 steps yesterday? Probably none of us. That's a lot of steps. And uh, just, you know, just uh, bragging back to my Kokoda walk that I did last year or the year before. I was averaging about 40, 35 to 46,000 steps a day. And so it was a long distance. But he was 56,000 steps. Most of us don't do that. But what we need to realize is every single one of those steps that Samson made was a, nut, was a bad decision. Every one of those steps is a bad decision. A s- small decision, a small step. It's only one small step as you go. But as he, as he continued, bad decisions that were leading to a life that spiraled out of control. And if you want to read about Samson, you can continue to read that passage. We're not going to go any further than that. But his life does spiral out of control. The great thing is, the merciful God, we see that in the end, Samson turns back to God and he's able to have a mighty victory over the Philistines. But what we need to realize is that most of us don't wreck our lives all at once. How do we do it? We do it one bad decision, one small step, one bad habit, one day at a time. And this series we're looking at who we want to become. So often we approach the new year thinking about what we want to do, what we want to accomplish in a year, but we're changing the thought. We're starting fresh in the way that we're thinking. We're talking about who do we want to become before we think about what we want to do, who we want to become. And we usually you know, start off thinking about what we want to accomplish, but who do we want to be? That's my question for you. That's the question we've been asking this series. 
It's a question I'd ask you to pray about. Lord God, who am I becoming this year? Who have you called me be this, to be this year? Much more important than what necessarily you want to do this year. Because if you know who you are, then you'll know what you need to do. So true, true man or woman of God, or I want to be sober, I want to be clean, financially free, generous. I want to be a bold witness for Jesus. A healthy person, a godly wife or husband. All those things, we've talked about them. That's our starting point. Then we moved on in week two, based, and we said this, based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? And that was last week. Today we're going to add another layer. If you're taking notes, uh, we're going to add another layer, and this is what it is. Based on who you want to become, what habit do you need to break? It's a practical series. What habit do you need to break based on who you want to become? Something unhealthy, unhelpful, ungodly that's taking you in a direction like Samson that you do not want to go. James 1.21 says this, So get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to save you. James says, get rid of every filthy habit and wicked conduct. You know, we might think to ourselves, such strong words, filthy, wicked. But the truth of the matter is, sin in our life before God's eyes. So here I ask, what one habit do you need to rid yourselves of to become who God wants you to become? What one bad habit? I think looking in the mirror, I could probably name more than one bad habit. I think that I could probably name many bad habits in my life that I need to, to break in my life. And if you went and spoke, spoke to my wife, she could probably name dozens, <laughs> dozens of them, you know. But before, you know, so we might have so many things in our lives. That we're like, oh, we want to, I want to break this habit. I need to identify this habit. Here's what I encourage you to do. Rather than thinking, I've got to break all 15 of these habits or 20 habits, start with one. It's just like if we want to do good habits in our lives, rather than trying to start five new habits this year or 10, just start one. So we're going to break one bad habit. I don't know what it is for you. It could be bad attitude, critical heart, maybe gossip, uh, eating issues, social media, pornography, uh, substance abuse, you know, prescription or illegal or some sort of food, something along those lines. You know, uh, as I was but I want to break this year is snacking, snacking, I love to snack, you know, I love potato chips, soft lollies, uh, look, whatever's in the cupboard, if it's in there, I'll eat it, you know, biscuits, chocolate bars, if, so long as it's not good for me, I'm eating it, I love snacking, does anyone here like to snack? There's a few people who like to snack, you can relate, yeah, and so let's get spe- specific, I love kettles, chili chips, they're my favourite, probably a lot of people know that, I talk about them often, Little hints, but you know. Uh, kettles, chili chips. I love sour worms. Anyone like natural confectionery company, the sour worms? I like the green and purple one. That's my favorite. The, the yellow and orange is okay. I like Tim Tams, Tim Tam chocolates, and I like cherry ripe chocolate bars. And I reckon that I eat an entire meal of snacks in a day. You know how they say that you should eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I reckon I eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. I'm getting four meals a day. And so this year, remember I've, sh- I've shared previously in this series that, that this year one, my, my new habit to start is to become physically more fit. Well, that's the one thing that I want to start. And then the one thing that I want to stop this year, the one habit I want to break this year is snacking. 
And so keep me accountable, church. When you see me, say, hey, bro, how are you going off the snacks? Uh, are you eating them or are you being, you know, uh, uh, wise in your eating them? So uh, the question is, what one habit do you need to break in 2021? It's interesting to note that starting something and, and breaking something, there is a difference. There's a difference between why a good habit is difficult to start. Has anyone noticed that? A good habit, it's really difficult to start. And why a bad habit is difficult to break. And here's, here's why. I'm going to explain this. A good habit is challenging at first and the positive payoff is somewhere in the future. It's hard to start, payoff in the future. So I've started running recently and I've done it for two weeks. Wow, what a, that's amazing. I've gone on four runs. Um, but <laughs> go me. But, you know, it's a bit of an, bit of an achievement. It's hard. Some people who are running longer are laughing at me right now. <laughs> it's hard work. You've got to get up early. I don't like getting up early. You know, I like to sleep in. You've got to get up early. You've got to put on my running clothes. It's cold outside when you run. It's hard. Um, like, I had one route that I was doing. Too hard. Changed that. Did an easier route, you know. Make it easy to start with. Remember that was one of my things? Make it easy. So I'm doing an easier route now. You know, the legs hurt. The cardio. Oh, puffed. So puffed, you know, the cardio, uh, my heart's pumping. It's hard work to do that. And you have to do it consistently for a good amount of time. You can't just run in two days and then a week later try to do a 42-kilometer marathon. Not going to happen. It takes time. But if you are consistent, and I have to be honest here, I haven't been consistent in doing this, but if you are consistent in doing a good habit, over time what you'll find is that Seven months later, eight months later, you know, 12 months later, you're getting up before the alarm goes off. You're enjoying the run. You're running. You know, when you have to walk up a flight of chair, uh, stairs at work or in the shopping center, you can do it easier. You find that there's a reward, but it's in the future. See, it's difficult at first, but the pay- and the payoff is in the future. Whereas a bad habit, it's the other way around. A bad habit has immediate perceived benefits But the negative payoff isn't until the future. Let me give you some examples. Smoke cigarettes. Now, I've never smoked cigarettes, but but from what I hear, people smoke cigarettes and and they smoke the cigarettes because they find it relaxing. It's a relaxing. You know, it it, it helps them to de-stress in their lives. And so they smoke cigarettes. So immediate benefit. Smoke the cigarette. I I, I feel stress. I'm more relaxed. The bad payoff, though, is that in years to come, there's quite possibly that there's going to have a bad effect on your, on your lungs in years to come. Immediate benefit, uh, long payoff. Uh, or you can eat buffet. Benefits. Lots of delicious food in my mouth all at once. Yum, 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 yum. But what we find is that the payoff many years down the track, if we keep living that kind of life, diabetes type 2, an issue in our life, there's health issues. Why is it important to know these types of things, you know, why it's hard to start something good and why it's hard to break something bad? It's important because this, it helps us to create a system. Remember we're talking about systems, creating ways that we do things, helps us create a system. To to create a good habit, we looked at two things. I said this in week one. We need to make it obvious. We need to make it easy. That's to start a good habit. To break a bad habit, I've just got one point today. It's very easy. Write this down. My one point is this, make it difficult. Okay, make it difficult. Turn to someone and say, hey, this is a great message this morning. I'm loving this. Turn to the other person and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start encouraging Pastor Bronson this morning as he's preaching vocally. 
I didn't hear as many people saying that one to the next person. <laughs> Make it difficult. You know, we, are, we only have so much willpower to stop doing something wrong. We only have so much willpower that we're able to use during a day to resist something, something. And the more time we spend near something wrong in our lives, the more likely we are to actually fall into doing that thing. So here's some, some great advice from King Solomon, the wisest man in the Bible and very possibly in all of history. He says this in Proverbs 4, 14. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Let me say it again. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go on your way. He's saying when evil comes, when a bad habit comes, you know, avoid it. Run from it. Don't travel. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it. Go on your way. Don't do it. Who's found that? Have you found that in your own life? That if you skirt around the edges of this area of your life that is not, not right for you, you find that eventually you slip into it. But if you avoid it, if you stay away from it, if you follow what the Bible says, what King Solomon says, you have more chances to not fall into that area. And we've been talking about how there's always a cue that leads to an action. And so there's a cue. There's something, something triggers us to then do that action. And so we were talking about how when we make it easy to do a, a good habit, one of, the, one of the examples we gave was that we, we, uh, we put out, if we wanted to start taking vitamins, you know, maybe the doctor has given us some medication to, to help us in our lives, and so we're going to take some vitamins or some pills. Uh, a trigger is put the pills out on your um, kitchen bench so that you, when you see them, it triggers you to take them. If they're in your cupboard, you might forget and things like that. And I shared about how I've tried implement implementing that in my life because it's some medication that I've got to take, but some, some magical force always keeps returning the pills into the cupboard. So I just tell my doctor, I've got to blame this magical force that keeps tidying up the house. So I, I don't have the trigger to then tell me to do the action. But with bad habits, we do it slightly different. What we're going to do is we're going to remove the trigger to interrupt the action. So with good things, we put a trigger. With bad things, we remove the trigger. So whatever triggers us in the wrong direction uh, from our lives to stop that action reoccurring in our lives. And studies have found that the following main triggers we have for bad habits uh, are the following. A place, a time, a mood, a moment, and people. A place, a time, a mood, a movement, or people. Let me, let me just drill into these quickly. A place and time. There's probably a place that you do a wrong habit and you probably consistently do it there. There's probably other places where you don't do that wrong habit. Do you understand? There's a place where there's a, wrong, a bad habit that you have and you consistently do it in that place, but you don't do it in other places. Let me give you an example. You probably don't overeat at the gym and you're probably not smoking marijuana at church that's a joke guys you're allowed to laugh at that one come on loosen, loosen up loosen up or maybe some people feeling convicted there oh well, i don't know i don't know um check the parents room guys don't overeat at the gym and you probably don't smoke pot at church but you might overeat at the australia day barbecue on tuesday and you might smoke pot when you're hanging out with your crew, listening to some music, you know, late at night. That's a place where these things happen. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to remove that place and time. King David is a great example of wrong place, wrong time. 
Here is David. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He is a man who loved God and honored him in so many areas of his, of his life. And yet we can see that he was triggered by a certain uh, bad place that he was in and time to do an action. If you know the story, uh, he committed adultery with uh, one of his uh, best friend's wives. And then to cover that up because she then fell pregnant. He then went out and had this man murdered to cover up the affair. 2 Samuel 11.1 says this, In the spring, at the time when David remained in Jerusalem. At the time when kings go off to war. I don't know how it works in the Old Testament. There must have been a time like, yep, this, this, on this date of the calendar, we all go to war. Okay, They all agreed, all the kings, I don't know. But at a time... When kings go off to war, David remained in a place, Jerusalem. He was in a place up on his rooftop. He was at a place at the time that Bathsheba just happened to have her bath. Place and time, wrong place, wrong time. See, if there's a consistent place or time that we find ourselves vulnerable to that bad habit in our lives, to that sin in our lives, we're going to try to remove that trigger as much as we can. If the kids could come, that would be great. The other one is moods. Moods. If you know you're more vulnerable when you feel a certain way, try to be aware of that in your life. Try to be aware of those moods. So, you know, hungry, angry. When you feel those moods coming on, just be aware. Hey, you know, when I'm tired, I get angry with the kids. Uh, when I'm hungry, I overeat. When I'm lonely, I reach out to people that I shouldn't reach out to, you know, in our lives. When you feel those moods coming on, realize it, remove the trigger and do something else. Moments. Something happens, a moment triggers you. So a moment might occur, like you might have a fight with your husband. And so then you jump on the phone and you call up the girls and it's like a, a, it's a big man bashing session. Or you might, you know, a moment after the footy match, you go out with the boys and you go out of town and go drinking a moment after the footy match. Or there might be a moment where, you know, where, where when you get a bonus at work or some extra money comes your way, you jump online straight away, you go to Chadston and you buy some new stuff that, that you didn't really need. See, look for the moment that might try to trigger you and then try to distance yourself from it. Time, place, mood. The wrong people can be triggers to move us in the wrong direction. Just like the right people can be the right triggers to move us in the right direction. That's why we want to surround ourselves with people who are bringing good behaviors, good actions, who love Jesus into our lives. See, the people we hang with will affect the habits you have. Have you time with? Will affect the actions of your life. Proverbs 13:20 says this: walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise. If you want wisdom, seek out wisdom. Seek people who are wise. If you want wisdom, seek the Holy Spirit to be around your life. Invite Him around your life and become wise. But it says a companion of fools suffers harm. Man, if you, if you, if you want harm, go hang out with fools. Go hang out with foolish people. Do foolish things and find out what happens in your life. Put it another way, it's almost impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. It's impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. 
And, and you might be singing it today and saying, well, does that mean Bronson, my life, who maybe they're going through things, they're struggling, they're fighting things in their lives, you know, there's, there's things that they need help with, that they need freedom from. Is that what you're saying, that I've got to cut them off? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying get, I'm not saying get rid of those people from your life. What I'm saying is this, is that um, don't make them your closest friends. Don't make them the, speaker, the people that you allow to speak the most into your life. Be wise in who you're allowed to speak into your life. Be wise of who you spend a lot of your time with. See, Jesus, he, 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 he hung around all types of people. The Bible actually says that the religious leaders of the day had a problem with Jesus because he hung with, you know, you know bad people. Jesus hung with them. But can I tell you something? The Bible says that he spent most of his time with what? His 12 disciples. Three of those men he spent more time with, his closest friends. He he didn't spend all his time with these people who had bad habits, sinful lives. He spent time with them. See, as Christians, we're called to bring people to know Jesus. As Christians, you know, how can we let people know any time with people who don't know Jesus? How can God, how can Jesus, how can the Holy Spirit bring His powerful freedom to set people free from addictions and past and sin and unforgiveness. How can that occur if, they're, if, they're not, if there's not someone bringing the good news in their life? And that is us. So we can't shake that responsibility, but we need to be careful of who we are spending our life with as Christians. Our closest friends, people of high character, hardworking, loving, generous, God-fearing, God-loving. If we spend time with those people, you know, Solomon here, well, the Psalms, the, the proverb says, walk with the wise and become wise. Look what the Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So what's some practical examples this morning? A couple of practical examples. You know, let, let's just say, you know, you're always sleeping through your alarm. You tend to hit the, tend to hit the snooze button. Maybe move the alarm clock or move your phone across the other side of the room. Volume's up really loud as well. So when the alarm goes off, you have to get up out of bed. You've got to go turn that alarm clock off. And maybe, you know, since I'm out of bed now, maybe I'll stay up. I won't head back to bed. Uh, here's another example. If you've got a serious problem of spending money online, and maybe you need to, uh, does everyone know PayPal? Heard of PayPal? It's like the online method that most people use to pay for stuff online these days. Maybe you need to uh, enable two-factor authentication in PayPal. What that is, is you log into PayPal, you put your password in, but then there's another text message that gets sent, and you have to, there's, a, there's a, a number on that text message, and you have to enter that number in before you can buy something. Maybe you need to set up PayPal so that that SMS is, doesn't go to your mobile phone number, it goes to your partner's phone number. Or maybe... Ooh, now we're talking. Well, I've been talking about sin and wickedness and filthiness. No response. PayPal, text message. Churches repenting, crying on their knees. <laughs> Maybe get sent to your spouse. You no, know, and this, you've got to be really wise with this one. Maybe get sent to a trusted friend instead, you know. I mean, they can't log in because they need to know your password. They don't have your password. They've just got the text message. Maybe you need to do that. Make it more difficult. Make that trigger harder to do. Make it difficult. Maybe you've got a problem with pornography in your life, looking at, looking at things that you shouldn't look at. Maybe you know, what you need to do is configure your router at home so that there's a filtering service on it so you can't go to those websites that you know you shouldn't go to. Uh, I've got that enabled at my house. And in saying that, that's not me admitting I've got a pornography issue. But that's me admitting that I'm a man 
and, and men are drawn to things by their eyes. And that's me saying, well, I just don't need it. And that's me also saying, I've got young children who are starting to come into their teen years. I've got a son. Uh, this, these things might start to become attractive. I want to do whatever I can to make it difficult, to make it hard. Uh, maybe you need to remove Instagram from your phone. Get rid of it. Maybe if that's too difficult, maybe you need to, and this is going to be really you know, out there, maybe you need to get rid of your smart, your iPhone device and go back to the old you know, flip phone, dummy phone, which can only receive text messages, can only make phone calls. You know, if you want to break a bad habit in your life, you may be going to have to do some radical things to stop that from happening in your life. So how do we break bad habits? We make them difficult and then we replace that action with something else. See, it all comes down to this. The habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. You know, the habits, the actions, the things that you repetitively do, consistently do day after day, those habits that you have today are going to shape your tomorrow. So if you look at your tomorrow and where you want to be, maybe think about your today and how you're acting and how you're living. See, if you play that, that bad habit five years, ten years, 20 years into the future, what are you going to be saying to yourself? What are you going to be thinking to yourself? Man, if, if only I had addressed that, that, issue, that issue in my life. I had no idea how one time could just end up for me being in this position where I am today. I had no idea the distraction to cause in my marriage or my relationship. I had no idea the distraction to call my finances or my health. If only I could go back and change it. But we all know you can't go back. The only one who can go back is Jesus. He can go back and give forgiveness and healing and restoration, but he can't change the past. The only thing we can change is our tomorrow by changing our today. So you can't change it then, but you can change it now. You might be here today thinking it's too hard. I don't have the strength. I can't do this. Bronson, you don't understand that the, the area of my life that, I'm, that I feel God leading me to address is just too hard. It's too difficult. I've tried many times. I've tried before and I haven't had success in that area. I haven't achieved it. It's too hard. I can't do it. Can I tell you today? You're right. You're 100% right. You can't do it. You don't have the strength. And here's where this message, you might be here to talk message because I haven't heard much about Jesus today. Well, get ready. I'm going I'm to bring Jesus in this message. Just relax. It's all good. Take, take it easy. Don't worry. We're in church. Here's where it's different. You know, in a TED talk, you're going to get cold. You can do it. You've got all the power in you. You can call upon the universe. You know, you've got the power. But here in church today, I'm saying you don't have the ability of yourself to do it. But if you've got Jesus Christ inside your life, let me tell you something. You do have the power. Because when you invited Jesus, when you gave your life to Jesus, there's something powerful that happened. The Holy Spirit came and indwelled your life. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is the power. He is the dunamis of God. The power of God in your life to overcome the bad habits of your life. To overcome. And, and we find that we are not alone in our lives. We're not alone. Jesus is with us. So when you come before Him and say, God, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your power in this area of my life. So I'm going to come into your life. I'm going to come and come alongside you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you. You're not doing it alone. Jesus comes alongside us. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us. But it starts with us coming to God 
and saying, God, there's this area of my life. I'm not going to, uh, you know, just put it off. I'm not going to like try to hide it underneath a blanket. I'm not going to say, ah, she'll be right, mate. I'm going to come before God and say, God, there's this one habit in my life in 2021. It, it could be something small. It could be something huge. But it's one area of my life. God, I want to come before you. And I want to ask you, God, would you be my strength? Would you be my power? Would you be my, would you be my conviction? Would you be that voice that speaks to me when that trigger starts to come? Would you be that part of me that has the power to break this habit in my life in Jesus' name? So we're going to start fresh this year. Who do we want to become? What good habit do I need to start? Let's pray today. God, I thank you, Jesus. Everything always comes back to you.